Welcome to the SBCA Podcast Component Connection. Looking at how businesses around the country are innovating to take advantage of opportunities in the construction supply chain. Now, here's your host, Sean Shields. Welcome, everyone. We have two guests returning to the podcast today. Ryan Heichel, sales manager for Shelter Systems in Westminster, Maryland, and Jason Vallis, general manager for Bruce Jones Contracting in Hanover, Pennsylvania. Today, we're going to follow up on a discussion we had in a previous podcast that explored how these two companies, these two guys, leverage their respective strengths to collaborate on projects. An example of their work can be found in the cover feature of the September 2020 issue of SBC Magazine. And that article highlighted their teamwork on a multifamily project called Woodlands at Reed Temple. Ryan and Jason, welcome to the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you, Sean. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Sean. I really uh, glad to be back here, bud. So, you know, last time we talked a little bit about how your two companies came together on this project, Reed Temple. And now this was the largest affordable housing project ever completed in Maryland, at least as the time at the time of recording this. Uh, but within that project, that timetable was incredibly aggressive, and the budget was really tight. Um, you know, as construction commenced, then COVID nineteen hit the U.S. and and caused a lot of significant disruption to job sites across the U.S., but particularly in that area. Um, yet in the end, you guys finished framing ahead of schedule. And you ended under budget. How in the world did you guys pull that off? Who coordination, man, coordination, coordination, uh, early and often. And uh, I, I know that we've uh, uh, hit on this a lot here in the last podcast. But actually, one thing I did want to point out as well is the largest affordable housing project. This was the first OSHA uh, partnership for a wood frame structure mm. in the state of Maryland. So while it was done. Uh, uh, quickly and efficiently it was done safely and I, I just wanted to point that out but uh but 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 also we're looking at uh you know again this 250,000 square foot of walls and trusses that was installed in, in in roughly 14 weeks which was uh you know if you took all the walls and stood them end to end you're looking at about 10 miles of walls mm-hmm. um we, we coordinated between between shelter and bruce jones and and the general contractor and all the other trade partners on the site there was about 240 uh, tractor trailers worth of material that were delivered into the job site um, that all came through one entrance. So, so as well as the coordination between, between uh, shelter and Bruce Jones and the general contractor, it was with all the other trade partners on the site. Um, and again, just, just communication is, is the way to, uh, to get this going. Right. Everybody had to bring their A game, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there, there's no room for error. Uh, because what happens is if uh, you got to get in there, you got to do what you say you're going to do, and you have to trust that everyone else is is going to do their job. Because if if one one piece doesn't align here, all the dominoes fall. Um, we're all as only as strong as the the guys that we're working with. So, how did you ensure that that everybody was bringing their A game? What what did you do? We basically were able to have the work put out ahead of these guys. To, to make sure that everyone had a clear picture of, of what it was supposed to be. So 
when you're when you're looking at these units and and putting everything together i mean uh on a, on a large scale we're, we're looking at the buildings themselves and how we're going to move the material in uh but but also on, on another scale we're working with the mep contractors the structural engineers to make sure that everything was accounted for uh, i mean down to you know do, do you have uh duck chases built through uh is everything that the, the correct size is this going to work with these beams that we need to support uh the, the members above um down to you know is 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 this light switch going to fit inside this wall inside the corner where it needs to be and and trying to make sure that all that stuff was out i mean it was very clear um set out that that what needed to be done uh for, for the scale of this project there was no room for error. So there, there was a lot of talk about a lot of things that went together here. Right. I think the moral of the story there is everyone, everyone built this building virtually before it even happened. There were no, there were no questions, uh, by, by the first, the first stick of lumber that hit the ground, the building was already built. There were, there were no questions left over. There were hardly any errors whatsoever. It was just clockwork by the time the first truck hit the, hit the job site. Tell me a little bit more about this building being built virtually. What do you mean by that? Because you guys didn't do full-scale BIM on this, right? No, no. But I think we touched on this a little bit in the, in the last podcast. Um, the, the benefit of having a, a full component structure, um, so wall panels, floor trusses, roof trusses, um, and, and the benefit of the communication and, and true teamwork with the with the trades is you, it's really BIM without without the title, um, you know, we're not signing off on BIM paperwork. Uh, there's no finger pointing or anything. If somebody's shifted a, a sprinkler pipe two inches and it ends up being in a in a truss web, um, it, it's really every team member identifying their own individual conflicts and and potential problems ahead of time, um, and everyone working together to accommodate where we can. Uh, and if there's not room to accommodate and we come to a head that's that's when it's time to get the architect and the engineer involved to 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 make a shift and the the point is is that all of these parties and you got you got to give it to whiting turner the general contractor here um for getting all the parties together but all of the parties were involved um it wasn't just bruce l jones contractor and shelter systems limited um you know putting up this wood structure it was everybody else and i think that that's so critical um, to both the success of this project and the success of, of any project. Uh, it's, it's so often that some of these trades are brought on board and not just from a coordination standpoint, but even contractually, um, you know, brought on board so late in the game that it, it comes to a point where there's no time left over to actually coordinate their, their scope with, within hours. Um, so you got to hand it to Whiting Turner. Everybody was on board early, often and communicating seamlessly there was nobody was butting heads i think also another another point to that is is yes that there was a lot of things that were done up front uh but but also to give credit to all the teams that were were boots on the ground dur- during this the whole building process led by by whiting turner was uh it was almost over communicative to where everyone knows everything that's going on there's a meeting twice a day with all the job foreman on the site as to what's going on, who's going to be where, uh, what your deliveries were. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it, it was, uh, it was a perfect symphony. And you, just thinking about that for a second, it just, yeah, 
I mean, that's that's one thing in 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 today's climate after we've had a year to adjust to the to the world of COVID nineteen. But um, I mean, this happened when COVID mm. was fresh. Uh, I mean, the the everything was shut down. The entire country got shut down essentially the week before this job started. Um, so job site management crews, nobody really knew how it was all going to shake out so much of the, so much of the management process went virtual. It's, it's, it's incredible that it went as well as it did. And I think it really is a, a testament to, to all the work that went on up front. Absolutely. It was a very, uh, very uncertain time. No one really knew what was going on. It was a bizarre feeling too, because at the time you're heading down the road, you're driving into the site and there's no one mm-hmm. on the road. All you know is, man, I I got this building going on. So you're in there with a bunch of other guys that are feeling the same thing. It was just something strange in the air. And I think that that also may have uh, contributed to some of the team workers. We're all kind of in the same boat and no one knew what was going on. But, you know, hey, I can't worry about what's going on outside the gate. I, I'm in here right now. And, and let's focus on building this building. You know, um, Jason, bringing up COVID and sort of uh, some of the unusual uh, circumstances that were created around that. I mean, I understand that Pennsylvania got shut down. And so your wall fabrication plant uh, had some issues, but you had you had produced a lot of the panels ahead of time. Um, I understand that you had sort of an unusual situation where you had a bunch of uh, fully loaded panels that you needed to put somewhere because you couldn't store them on the job site. What'd you do there? That's that's correct. We had a real problem because our, our governor had... Uh, set a deadline for shelter in place. And we were looking at shutting down our physical property here. We had a job to get done because, you know, the job sites in Maryland, we're in Pennsylvania. What, what are we going to do? So uh, Ryan, Ryan and uh, the Heichels were, were, were gracious enough to uh, kind of let us uh, crash on the couch as it were. But uh, yeah, we, we went in and, and, and went over, um, over a weekend and shipped around the clock and shipped a ton of material down into Maryland. So we could continue to operate while we were uh, seeking our, uh, our our waiver to reopen, and uh, it, it worked. And it you know it, it wasn't just this project that we were working on at the time. This was we have multiple projects starting and all in different phases. And I mean, it was that was that coordination in and of itself was was a feat. Also, b- because we were a little slower here in our shop, and and things were kind of uncertain. And when we did reopen, we were open at a limited capacity. We did also reach out to uh, uh, the other NFC uh, team member, Building Solutions, uh, you know, in, in Pennsylvania, and they were able to to help us out building uh, some wall panels, helping us out with a little bit of overflow to get us caught back up. But, uh, you know, it, even just the coordination between uh, wall panel manufacturer, component manufacturer, there's also a bigger picture there through the NFC and and, and what that actually looks like and teamwork that, that those guys were able to do just to just to help someone else out it's very interesting very very interesting time for sure right so so to summarize a little bit the uh for for those listeners that aren't on the east coast uh bruce jones and shelter systems are only about 20 not 20 miles apart uh we're separated by the state border between maryland and pennsylvania when covid first hit and the shutdown started coming statewide maryland's regulations were far different than Pennsylvania's. Pennsylvania's were far more restrictive. And what do you do? Uh, right? There was there was a not just Bruce L. Jones contractor, but there were plenty of subs and suppliers coming out of Pennsylvania. Is it okay to cross state borders? Can we still work? Can we send our drivers there? 
um, you know, where, where, where do the regulations lie? Are you breaking a law or are you not? Um, essentially what we figured was if we could get the product into the state of Maryland stored there and out of Pennsylvania before Pennsylvania effectively fully shut down shelter in place that we could keep going. So, you know, it was weekend, late Friday night into Saturday and Sunday before the Monday shutdown. We were shipping panels from Hanover, Pennsylvania to Westminster, Maryland, uh, so that we could keep going the following day. It was uh, a few hair-raising so, days. So essentially what you're saying is you guys were bootlegging wall panels out of Pennsylvania. Yes. <laughs> yep, that's correct, sir. No one really knew what was going on. Luckily, we're able to try to stay ahead a little bit. And it was, it was just, it's a pure survival mode that you go into and, and you just try to you do whatever you got to do to get it done because you've made commitments and it's, mm -hmm. it's time to go. And, you know, at, at the same time that this is all happening, we're communicating with all our customers that are all asking the same question is, is how are you going to get this done? You know, am I going to see you on Monday? What, what, what's going on? And, you know, that's, that's what drives it. Again, failure is not an option. We'll figure out a way, man. We will make it happen. So amazing coordination on the job site, navigating COVID. All that was essential to getting this this job framed up uh, on schedule. But another big part of that, of course, was you guys being involved in the design process from the beginning. Can you talk a little bit about you know? So what are what were some of the early design challenges you guys faced on this project, and how? How was it so important to your success that you were involved up front? Well, I think it was all it was all driven by schedule. I mean, Jason Jason highlighted the schedule all right. Already, what was done in in fourteen weeks in order to hit that timeline, everything needed to be perfect. And in order to do that, we needed to be able to influence the details. So that the details were such that it was it, it lended to efficient uh, installation and efficient design. One detail costing a couple hours here and there, all that little stuff adds up. Um, so it really all was driven by that aggressive schedule. Um, so and we were fortunate that the uh, that the architect and, and engineer and, and general contractor were were willing to kind of open up and, and, uh, and, and listen to some of our suggestions and, and, and come to, come to agreement as, as what the, the right steps were to take to make this as, as efficient on the job site as possible. It was, it was a year prior that discussions had even started for this job. And that was done even before and during the bid process. Once the general contractor decided they were ready to award, we were in and started there. There were weekly meetings for this project at least a year before we hit the job. At the inception of, the, of this project and this thing taking shape with, with White and Turner, they were originally looking at this as two completely separate buildings, two completely separate teams, two separate framers, two masons, two concrete contractors. And uh, um, during that coordination, we were able to put everything together to where it was one team of trade partners, stakeholders that were able to put this thing together. It took a year to do it um, for everyone to be in there. And like I said, every, everyone had equal share in it. Jason, that, that raises an interesting question. So who drove that uh, conversation for the general contractor of like, no, 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 don't get separate teams. Use one team for the whole thing. I mean, was that you guys? Were the MEP guys involved in that as well? Or did you end up winning them a bunch of extra work because of that argument? 
I think that uh, a, a lot of that was uh, was was, and I can't speak for the other trade partners, but uh, it, it was it was a level of trust from from Whiting Turner's team with Bruce. The more we looked at this thing, we said, "Man, well, I think we can do this." That that's what it was. It was a, a lot of it was Bruce's word that yes, we can pull this off, and and it set a comfort level. And and once we had a plan, maybe maybe that made it easier for for some of the other trades as well uh, as to how this was going to mm. be pulled off. Also, the ownership team they we we've worked with this architect uh, in the past that this specific team had not worked with wall panels or this this type of construction before and since i mean they 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 are they are huge proponents yeah. of it so i you know it makes me also wonder if you had not had an engineering and architectural team that you were working with that was so collaborative um what do you think the outcome would have been what would have been different had this been more confrontational versus collaborative there we go ryan that's you what do you think <laughs> uh I'd say we'd probably still be there. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's about right. That's we we may still be out there. That's for well, sure. And there's your bottom line, right? Right, right. It, it just we needed them to open up their doors and work with us uh, because being confrontational, whether it's between trades or suppliers or building designers, it just general contract. It makes no sense. At the end of the day, we're all trying to build the same building. Uh, get in there, have some success and, and walk away and, uh, and with, with, with making a little bit of money. Um, and in order to do that, everybody needs to work together. And that really starts with the design team. It's truly a blessing to be able to work with a design team that's open and willing to have a discussion with, with the subs and suppliers that are hands-on. Yeah, it was, it was uh, quite an experience to, to work with someone that was that open to uh, suggestion. I, I want to, while, while we're working through the issue and how we're going to present it to the design team, I also want to be able to take them at least two or three different options as, as to what's going to work. You know, here's A, B, or C. Um, you know, this this may work better because of this. This may be more cost effective. These guys were very open to that. These guys couldn't have been any better to work with because we were we were so involved with them. And, you know, we, we really had the first complete set of plans as they were coming through because we were able to incorporate all the RFIs, every ASI, all the extra sketches, all the all the extra direction um, that we were receiving in our communication to be able to filter that down as well to the other trade partners and, and make sure that everyone's singing off the same sheet, as it were, you know. To put the trust in perspective as well, I think it's important to point out that when we talk about getting involved up to a year in advance, I remember that first meeting like it was yesterday, uh, where we we were down in Greenbelt and sitting in the architect's office with the structural engineer, uh, myself, uh, Bruce's team, having conversations about this building. All that was pre-contract. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we were essentially design development at that point when we got involved uh, in in this project, and that uh, there's a lot of companies ourselves included, where if you don't have that level of trust, that just seems like a waste of resources. We knew we were going to have a shot at this job and we knew that we were going to be able to knock it out of the park. So we had to go in there with a the level of trust at the very beginning. You know, Think about getting a, a set of 50% DD plans and having a component manufacturer walk into a, a fancy architect's office and essentially tell them how to draw the drawings. And that's, that's a huge amount of trust. Um, 
but hey, it paid off. Well, Ryan and Jason, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Sean. Really, uh, really enjoyed being here. Absolutely. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Ryan. Well, if you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please give this podcast a favorable rating and share it with others. Also, consider subscribing to SPCA's Component Connection podcast on whatever platform you use most. That way, you'll know immediately when we publish our next podcast. This has been a Component Connection podcast brought to you by SBCA. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover in a future episode, send it to podcast at sbcacomponents.com. <laughs>